Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Side. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is actually known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the 10 best college basketball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, February 4th, 2023. In case you're in here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pitchtheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and the community rules. See the Google Sheet linked in the show description for sidelines projection on every single game. Got 150 of them on Saturday. I'm only going to talk about 10, 140 other games that the Google Sheet's making a, a call on. Remember that because there are no locks in gambling, those picks are parsed into three graded tiers including the highest tier, I guess four, including the highest tier, the A-plus plays. Showed those up a few weeks ago. They have hit now at about a 55% clip so far. There are two different ways to get these A-plus picks, either via Patreon or Blackbook Sports. Mostly just depends on what you're looking for. Hopefully you've got a package built for your needs, whether that's early access to model projections, ad-free shows, instant access to the picks, and or the Discord chat, the place to get questions answered about these or other games. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Honestly, please understand the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, again, mentioned at the top, 150 games. Not going to spend a lot of time here. Just going to kind of roll right through this. Now I've got a lot to cover here. Uh, but before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and MLB or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits you found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to that Discord chat group I talked about earlier. And for $5 more a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, it's all thrilled to have you here. You can also get those A-plus plays over on Black Book Sports or just check out how they're doing over there or see the bet stamp link in the show description for the show results specifically. All results are also tabulated in the Google Sheet that contains the model projections. Remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show is projecting a typical game, not trying to forecast to a tease. That would be a foolish and impossible goal. We'll take a long-term view on here and don't get distracted when a team either can't hit or can't miss from three as those things balance out in the long run, but they're pretty hard to foresee before they happen. Uh, one week ago, I mentioned before the chaos that was last Saturday, I said there would be at least 10, maybe 20 games that had wonky results. I might've undershot that. It might've been more like 40. <laughs> it was a crazy day. And that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about here. Of the 10 games I talk about, for sure, one of them is going to be a massive blowout. Nowhere near what anybody's expecting. Maybe more. Uh, and obviously, of the 150 games, there's going to be several of those. So we don't get too caught up with those. We just talk about the long run, overall, what we're talking about. Hopefully, it's always more fun to be on the right side of those, but you never really know who's going to get hot or not. And that's, again, with the 150 games, it's going to be a wild and fun Saturday. Should have a lot of entertainment. Before we get to it, though, remember, I'm only using one book to lock picks, but you should use more. Always shop around for the best price. Sign up in the show description to add a couple more books to your arsenal. Uh Switching over on the banner, changing to Eastern time. 
I know that some of you are going to like that change and some of you aren't. So it is what it is, right? If, if you like it, good. If, if not, sorry. <laughs> but uh, also, made it a little shorter there because you, you can see in the, in the bottom there, it, it was able to get rid of the dot, dot, zero, zero for the 12. So now it just says 12 p.m. So anyway, hopefully that makes a little band a little bit tidier. Anyway, um, noon Eastern. I'm going to start off with the early games. Here, got two of them for you. Virginia at Virginia Tech, obviously a rivalry game. I don't have to get into that. Um, right now, it's a pick em. I'm going to grab Virginia here on the road. Bottom line, I think this Virginia team is just the better team. I think they got the better offense, and I think they got the better defense. And I think that their style of play lends itself to hanging around in a tough road game. And I think that's kind of why I like backing him here, that a team that plays a little bit more frenetically, a little bit more like the St. John's. And obviously, you know, you talk about Virginia's a better team than St. John's, but I'm just saying that style of play you have just a, a better chance of just things not working for you and getting run out of the building. And that doesn't mean Virginia can't get run of the building, but the probability that that happens is a little bit lower given their style of play. The fact that they're constantly looking for a good shot, the fact that they slow it down a little bit, the fact that they play not as good a defense as they've ha had in years past, but they still have a well above average defense. That sort of thing allows them to more times than not here on the road, hanging in road conference wins aren't the easiest thing in the world to get. That's what I think gives them a good chance to win this game as opposed to a more all or nothing team uh, going on the road. I think they're a better team if they didn't get it done. Just want to back them here at a pick on the model says they win this 51% of the time. I think pick not a bad line. I just think Virginia is the way I'm looking here. Given their style of play, I think they can get it done. They have six less losses than Virginia Tech. And usually I don't look at stuff like that. It's not really going into the handicap, but when you, when you look at it that way, it does kind of give a little bit of credence to Virginia being the better team is able to be winning these games. It doesn't mean they win this one, but I think they can go on the road and get the job done here. I'm also going to go under 132 and a half. The model says 131 and a half. So we don't have a ton of help from the model here. As I mentioned before, then I'll try to continue to say this in case you haven't heard it before, but I use the totals more as a guide here, kind of a starting point, kind of a, is it telling us not to do something? Um, uh, in some situations, I look at it and, and, and I agree with it, but it, we got to use our own brains with the totals because there's just a lot happening with pace that the model's just kind of like giving us a starting point for these totals. The starting point here says low 130s makes a lot of sense. I think the added angle to this game, I mentioned this last week and we got one of the two uh, that I talked about here in this scenario, but this early tip time, you tend to have a little bit of slower games, a few more misses, a few more sloppier shots. Things just aren't as crisp here in the early slot as they are later in the day. doesn't mean all of them go under, but in general, it's a way to look. So I'm going to go under 132 and a half. I think 130 might be hard to get to here. Virginia on the road is going to want to slow the game down more so than usual even given that they don't want to get into a track meet with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech also doesn't really play that fast, so they're probably not going to try to speed it up to that degree. So I think this is one of those kind of slow begets, slow type games, really good offenses, really efficient offenses, but just two teams that I think are going to play a little bit of a slower game. This is a 7 p.m. game, a little bit different than a noon game. So we're going to grab the road, Virginia Cavaliers, and go under 132.5 to start us off. Also, at noon Eastern, Kansas at Iowa State, not going to touch a total on this one. Total is 136. Model says 133. So the model does tell us to go under in this game. And it's that early time slot. The reason I'm not touching the total here, Iowa State at home sometimes just gets hot from three. 
Kansas in general sometimes plays faster games and has just a great offense. They sometimes drag teams in these higher scoring games. This game could be high scoring. If Iowa State starts hitting the threes, Kansas starts getting really going on offense. This could easily be a game that gets well above this 136 into the 140s or even touches 150. But earlier start time, Iowa State's got a great defense. Could easily see this struggling to get to 130 as well. Just a lot of variance on this total, so it's not one that I'm after. Instead, I'm going to grab the point with Iowa State. If you're looking at money line, something around even money here, I think they got a great shot to win this game. Model says they have a 54% chance of winning since they should be favored by about two. They've been still pretty good to us for the most part this year. Fading cans have been pretty good for us. I don't really see any change there. When you look back at the last month, it's the same sort of thing. Even the models still having a hard time catching up to Iowa State that they're a good team. And Kansas still is not living up to those expectations. That doesn't mean they did one-offs. It hasn't happened. We talked about this you know, before, right? Kansas did look great uh, in that game against Kentucky. Iowa State you know, didn't look great against Missouri. Had whatever the heck happened in Lubbock. I, I don't even know what that was, right? And And – so you do see some wonky results like that, but in general, I still think that Iowa State is more that team that showed up at the beginning of that, the first three quarters or so of that game against Texas Tech. Kansas is still a really good team, but going on the road is tough. Kansas has been has lost several conference games here. This is the type of conference game they would lose because it's a good opponent on the road. It's a tough one to win. It doesn't mean Kansas can't win. It's going to be a very, very tough game. That crowd is going to be rocking there. I know it's an early start time, but in Ames, Iowa, I have faith that they're going to bring it for Kansas coming to town. So I think the Cyclones get the job done, get the job done for us there and pull out the victory. 2 p.m. Eastern, Auburn at Tennessee. Side on this one, we've got Tennessee favored by nine and a half. Model says ten and a half. If I had to, I'd lay it with Tennessee, but uh, the same thing that's holding me back from laying this giant number is the same thing that held me back midweek when they played Florida. And thankfully we did because they didn't even get the win. It's just that there's so many ways that Tennessee wins this game and doesn't cover. And as we saw against Florida, there's ways they don't win, right? Their upsets happen. There's a lot of variance in college basketball. So it's just too big of a number. Like Tennessee's at home with a better team. Absolutely. I wouldn't deny that. But that's just a big number. It's just not worth it for me to lay it. They don't care if they win by 12 or if they win by eight. They, you know, eight, eight point win, 12 point win. They're happy with both. So only nine and a half. It's just a non-starter for me. And I don't want to grab those points with Auburn just because if Tennessee's defense gets going, I mean, they could win this game in some suffocating fashion, like 65 to 48 or something crazy like that. So I just, I just have no interest in the side of this one. I do love the under 132 and a half model says 128 and a half. The bottom line is both of these teams are going to be at a disadvantage when they have the ball. Tennessee's offense grades out relatively efficient, but we've seen it this year. They just don't have that good of an offense relative to the top teams in college basketball. And Auburn has an above average defense. Auburn's offense, not bad, but going up against Tennessee's defense on the road should really struggle. I think if it kind of like that Florida game, kind of thought the results would be flipped there. Kind of thought if you flip the scores, it's about what I would have projected. But the benefit to playing these unders in these Tennessee games is there's a lot of times where Tennessee just does not allow that many points. There's also times where Tennessee's offense doesn't score a lot of points and sometimes both. So you just got a lot of ways to win this game here going under 132 and a half. I think 130 is just going to be a lot to get to. And again, just so many different ways we can win because I don't know if Tennessee's offense really shows up against a good defense. I don't really know if they allow that many points could be a really low-scoring affair, so I like the under in Auburn, Tennessee.
Also at 2 p.m. Eastern, TCU at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a one-point favorite, and this one, the model says one and a half. It's a pretty well-priced number here. I don't really think there's an edge either way. I think TCU's the better team, uh, but on the road, Stillwater's a tough place to play. Instead, I'm going to go under 135. Models is 131.4. TCU's been a higher-scoring team all season, but we – when we talk about who's going to control the tempo in this one, you know, we talked about that first game, Virginia, Virginia tech, right? Virginia is going to do everything they can on the road to slow it down. And Virginia tech's going to be like, sure. They don't really play that fast either. TCU wants to speed it up, but I think that they're going to have a harder time speeding it up on the road and maybe less wanting to speed it up on the road than they would at home. When this game happens, on the rematch later on in the season in Fort Worth, I would go over 135 because I think at home, TCU is going to be able to have their way a little bit more offensively and kind of force Oklahoma State to get it going a little bit faster than they want to. But in Stillwater, I think Oklahoma State can more control this game and they want to suck the air out of the ball. They've been going under as of late. Uh, I like their defense. I think they've got the better defensive unit. I think that's what matters here, that they are going to be able to prevent TCU from running and gunning and that's going to keep us under 135. That's too close to an average basketball game, and Oklahoma State tends to not play an average basketball games, especially when they're able to uh, play even with their opponent uh, at ho- or better than at home versus, again, on the road, maybe a little bit different of a story. But they're, they're just not going to have any interest in playing this game fast. So like under 135, again, model says 131.5. So I think it's more about 130 points rather than getting up into the upper 130s. 2.30 p.m. Eastern, Illinois at Iowa. This one has all the intrigue in the world because both these teams may be starting to look pretty good here. Illinois um, coming off some impressive performances. Iowa just looking unstoppable at home. And that's why I'm going to back Iowa here minus 2.5. The model says 3.7. After that little hiccup stretch they had, for the most part now, they're starting to look really good. And like I said, even better at home. And that's part of the reason I'm going to go over 155. It's a really big number, but the model says 156. And just given how many points Iowa has scored at, again, at home, especially, but just in general, as of late, the tempo they've been going, they've been playing in these really high scoring games. And Illinois doesn't really, isn't really going to object that. Illinois' pace of play is just right behind Iowa's. And so, yeah, Illinois has a, a decent defense, but Iowa at home just seems unstoppable. They also don't play that good a defense. Illinois, even though it's on the road, should have an edge offensively. So we should have a lot of offense, a lot of pace. That's a recipe for one of those games that should get into the 160s, maybe even flirt with 170. That's a type of game Iowa's been playing. And again, Illinois isn't going to really try to deviate from that. I don't want to do anything different than that. So I love the way Iowa's been playing at home. I love the points they've been putting up. I love the points they've been allowing with regards to the over. I think it's a high scoring fun game should be one of the ones on your TV screen. I'm going to lay the two and a half. I think laying two and a half, laying three, I think is going to, I wouldn't want to lay too many more than that because then we start getting that territory. We talk about Iowa can win the game in a lot of different ways without covering here. There's really, there's only two and one of those isn't as likely. So um, a good chance that if Iowa wins, we get the win. I like them at home here and at what should be a barn burner. Sticking in the Big Ten, Purdue at Indiana, another great rivalry game. That place should be absolutely rocking. And that's partially accounted for, that is accounted for in the model, which says this is a coin toss type game, gives Purdue a 51% chance of winning. Here's the thing. 
Indiana to me, and, and there's like one or two examples that are counter to this, but most every single game, Indiana looks great or they look like garbage. I mean, there's really just not much in between, uh, especially when it's conference play, right? They went to Rutgers and got beat by 15. You know, they came home, beat Nebraska by 16. And obviously you should beat Nebraska, but you wouldn't buy that much. And that was a time when Nebraska was starting to maybe get things together, right? They went to Kansas and lost by 22, right? I mean, that, that was terrible. They, they went to Iowa and lost by two. That's still a pretty good performance, you know, on the road there. They lost to Northwestern at home. It doesn't really matter at that point. That's, that's, not, a, that's not good, right? They got blown out at Penn State. They destroyed Wisconsin at home, won by almost 20, right? They they beat Illinois on the road by 15. Great performance there. You know, they came home, they beat Michigan State by double digits, um, you know, and they, they beat Ohio State by double digits, and then they lost by double digits at Maryland. It's like, I just don't know what I'm getting with this team. And part of that, there were some injuries in there. I get it. But, but even the Maryland game kind of illustrates the same thing of they either look great, everything is clicking, or they look terrible. And so when I think about this game, there's two ways I think it goes. I think, it, you know, Purdue's been pretty consistent for the most part. I think that happens more so when you're running everything to a guy like Edie. He's going to get his. He's going to get some guys some open shots. The other guys aren't that – they aren't great. You know, they aren't the, the best supporting cast. I mean, they're not bad, obviously, but but they're just – they're maybe not the supporting cast that you'd hope for if you're a Purdue fan. But they're good enough. They're going to get some points. Edie's going to get his. They're going to play good defense. I mean, they're relatively consistent. Indiana, if they show up and they look great, this should be a fantastic basketball game. And I don't know who wins. It's going to come down to the very end. If Indiana doesn't show up, they're probably going to lose by double digits because that's what Purdue can do to teams even on the road. So I'm taking Purdue minus one and a half because I think in one world, Purdue's going to run away with this. In the other world, it's going to be a great close game. I don't know who wins. And we always talk about this. Winning by one isn't extremely common in college basketball. It's the least likely way that a team wins by single digits. So because of that, I think for the most part, we're just betting Purdue to win at minus one and a half. I think they've either, again, run away or it's close. If it's close, we still might win. So if Indiana plays good, Purdue, that's what, and I think that's kind of what I'm getting here. If Indiana plays really well, Purdue still might win. Right. If Indiana plays really well, they might win too. But who really knows at that point? It should be a great game down to the wire, a lot of fun. It's hard to see Indiana blowing Purdue out because Purdue is so good. Edie is so consistent. He's always going to be able to get his, it seems like. Um, and they play such good defense. It's just hard to see Indiana winning this game by 15. Again, it's not impossible. Talk about the top of the show. You know, if they shoot 60% from three. Anything, anything can happen, right? But it's just not a likely scenario for Indiana to run away with it. So because of that, we, we got just so many ways that Purdue can win this. I hope it's a good game for my entertainment stake, but even if it's not, I think the more likely blowout is a Purdue win. So there's more ways to win this backing Purdue. Again, minus one. Don't want to lay a big number here with them on the road, but laying one, one and a half, I think makes a lot of sense. Total this one is 141. Under would seem to make sense. Model says 138. Purdue likes to play lower scoring games. They like to, you know, they, they like to go slow. They've got a good defense. The issue is when you look through Indiana's scores, they sometimes will play like with Wisconsin, that game I think it had like barely got over 100 points. And so sometimes they'll take a slow team and they'll do that. But then sometimes they'll kind of drag that slower team up because they're hitting like crazy. So there's just, again, we talk about just a lot of variance in this one. If I had to, I'd go under, but Indiana can seemingly be involved in a game that's like 85 to 65 on any given night. And they could be involved in a game that's 65, 45 on any given night if they're playing a slow opponent. So 
there's just a lot that could happen here. I think under 141 makes more sense than not, but it's just too much variance for me to want to be invested in. Instead, I'll just focus on rooting for the Boilermakers. Also, 4 p.m. Eastern, Texas at Kansas State. Another double up here for you. I'm going to lay the point with Kansas State. Um, I mean, look, y'all know how I feel about this. I think Kansas State's a really good team. I think they're just as good as Texas. I honestly think honestly think, you know, the top six teams in the Big 12, shuffle them up. When fully healthy, I'd, I couldn't tell you who's better. I mean, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, uh, Baylor, TCU, Texas, all six of those teams, really good teams. I think there's a decent chance, I mentioned this before, that Texas might actually be the weakest of those. I'm still just not that impressed. They did get the victory over Baylor at home. They did cover that, but remember there's more to it than just what the final score is. Now the final score determines if you win or lose your bet. And that that's cool. That's good. Right. But we want to look at the process and not the results. Baylor inside of a minute to go, took a shot to take the lead that goes in Baylor wins that game. The narrative around this is a lot different and we're still hunting for Texas having really an impressive victory on their resume or, or, or even a second one or whatever. They just, they don't have a lot that I'm really that impressed with. And Yes, they covered the game against Baylor, but that really could have gone the other way. And that was at home, right? That was the game that they were supposed to win. Now they're going to Kansas State. This is notoriously a very tough place to play. I think that crowd's going to be rocking there. Kansas State's a really good team. They've already beaten some really good teams there. I think they can beat Texas. I, I The model here says, you know, Kansas State minus one personally. I think this should be something like Kansas State minus three to four. Because like I said, I think they're just as good as Texas. I think they might even be better. Give them three points for home court. That's a really tough home court, maybe three and a half. Honestly, like I said, I think I personally I think the average margin of victory is like something like Kansas State minus four. I know the metrics love Texas. My model loves Texas. Every model loves Texas, like in every sport. I don't know what it is about it, but they're not a bad team. I'm just not convinced. If I'm going to back on, I'm more comfortable backing at home. That's where they've had more success covering on the road. It just hasn't been a pretty story. It's one of my favorite plays of the day right here, laying the point with the Wildcats. I think they can win. I don't know why we're only laying one. I think it should be a lot higher. I'm also going to go over 148 and a half. Model says 147 and a half, so the model says it's pretty well priced. But remember that first game they played? These two teams got into a high-scoring affair. And of all the Big 12 totals, we were kind of writing a bunch of the overs that went really well it's kind of soured a little bit as late so i've been i haven't been on these overs as much lately in the big 12 as things have come down a little bit but these two teams are still two that are going to get after it with regards to the pace they're going to get after it with regards to the offense and their defenses while they're not bad just cannot keep pace with these offenses so when you see that kansas state kansas game that went flying over earlier in the week i think the same thing's going to happen here i think this game goes flying over i think it can easily get to 150 i think 160 is probably about where we're going to land on this one maybe even a high if it's high scoring i wouldn't be surprised if it got to 170 that that's not what i think will happen but getting into the 160s seems to be about where i would project this at least up into the upper 150s flirting with 160 uh, I'm, I'm i get why the books are putting that total there because of the ramifications of what happened, but just seeing these two teams play a lot, I, I don't really see how it changes. The only way it changes is if one team or the other decides, I'm going to take the air out of the ball. You never know when, when a coach decides to do that, but neither one of these teams has done that literally at all this season. So why would they do it now? It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't fit their style. It feels like it'd be tougher on the players and all of a sudden say, we're going to play a different style. So I just don't see it. And so given the way they play, if they keep playing that way, unless both teams go cold or unless one team, you know, if Kansas State, if Texas goes cold, 
Kansas State wins by 20, you might have a sleepy second half and we're in trouble, right? There's always ways you can lose bets. But if this is even remotely close, the pace, the offenses, this game should fly into the 150s. And that's evidenced by the fact that the model has underestimated both of these teams' average points per game or average you know, total number of points in, in their games by over five points each in the last month. And so, again, you add that into the total, and that, that says we should easily be able to get into the 150. So I love the over here. Love Kansas State minus one. A great game to watch and a great game to profit off of, in my opinion. 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Again, got a lot of good rivalries. This is another one of those, North Carolina at Duke. Total in this one's 145 and a half. Model says 145.3. So the model thinks this is total pretty well. I would tend to agree with that. If I had to, I might actually go under on this one just because North Carolina has been playing uh, you know, a little bit more under as of late. Uh, the perception on them was that they're going to play these high-scoring, fast-paced, lots of points. And it's not that they don't, but they just haven't been quite as high-scoring. So I would, I would go under if I had to, but in reality – I think mid-140s is pretty good. I think 140 to 150 is about where this lands, and I don't really see an edge there. So going to pass the total. Said I'm just going to go Duke minus three. Model says Duke minus 3.4, but the bottom line to me, talk about how two and three are such key numbers. If I can lay three with Duke, I think it's a pretty good investment. I don't like laying three and a half as much. So if that's a number you're looking at, shop around. Make sure you find a three. Don't buy the three. If it's at three and a half, maybe just pass right but you know find a three minus one ten that's out there because three is you know two and three are your, are your two most common outcomes here uh, in college basketball and I, you know to me the bottom line is duke's got a pretty good home court edge i think i think we all kind of know that you know give it three points give it three and a half points which is probably pretty fair maybe even four in a rivalry game like this this line implies that north carolina is the better team here I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I'm not buying it yet. I'm not buying that this North Carolina team is better than Duke. I, I know Duke's had some issues. This is not the, the typical Duke team, but for all the issues and handwringing that we make about Duke, you know, not being as good as they usually are, right? Not being at the same, you know, level of, as the top teams in college basketball here this year. Um, I haven't seen anything different from North Carolina. Right. I mean, they they just got through losing a game that they were favored by eight and a half. in. So I, I just I see the same issues, you know, a, across the street, you know, so to speak, down the road. Right. In both these universities. So I, I just I just I'm not convinced that Carolina is the better team. And uh, for them to go in on the road here to Duke and either win or, you know, lose by one or two, that would imply that they're the better team. And that the only reason that Duke won a tight one um you know, or, or what a loss would have been the home court. So I, I'm just not buying it. I'm going to make them prove it to me. I think Duke's still the better team. So I personally, I'd make this Duke minus four and just, I think Duke's a tiny bit better. They got a good home court. Duke minus four seems to make sense. So at three, I think there's some value and I'm going to lay the three with Duke. 8.30 PM Eastern Florida at Kentucky. Uh, two teams that I don't, I mean, don't really know what to make of. Both teams have looked a lot better in general over the last you know few weeks. Florida, obviously, coming off that really impressive win against Tennessee. Don't really see a hangover effect because going to Kentucky is a game they circle at the beginning of the year every year. So uh, it's not like you know you might have a hangover effect if after that big win, you know they're coming home and they're playing South Carolina. Maybe there's a hangover effect there, and they only beat South Carolina by five when they should win that by you know seventeen or something. But I don't see the hangover effect happening here. Um, Kentucky's looked a lot better as of late, right? We've been talking about that too. So two teams going in the in the right direction in general. Um, 
The model says Kentucky minus 4.7. They're favored by four. It's not enough points for me for Florida, but that's the way I would look. But given that the model says 4.7, I just can't grab four. If, if I could get five with Florida, maybe six, seven, now we're talking. But at four, I'm just I'm not that excited. But also, given what we just saw from Florida and how they've looked here for the most part in the last about month or so, I'm just not interested in laying four uh, with Kentucky because Florida could easily hang around this game. So I think it's, I think it's an interesting game, pretty well priced. Um, for me personally, if it's at three, I could lay three with Kentucky kind of under the same theory, uh, that I just talked about with Duke. If it gets higher again at five, I'm thinking about it with Florida at six, I'm probably jumping. Um, but here in between it, I think it's a pass on the side should be interesting uh, to see how it plays out, but not worth investing. What I do like here though, is the under 136 models is 135, but Florida has just been such a hard under team. Kentucky has been playing pretty about what we expect with regards to totals. Florida, we've been pegging as an under team and the model just cannot catch up to just how good their defense is and just how much they're slowing it down relative to what they were doing. Maybe at the very start of the season, what we expected coming in, uh, they're just taking the air out of the ball, playing great defense. I mean, you saw in that Tennessee game, and I, I think that's their game plan here. They're going to uh, really try to make sure that this game doesn't go too fast, uh, that Kentucky doesn't score a lot of points. They're just they're so good now defensively um, and keeping games low scoring. I think 136 is way too high. I don't see any. I don't see this game getting towards 140 unless overtime happens. I think 130 is about as, as much as you're going to see in this game because you got a Kentucky team that's not really going to try to speed Florida up. And so it seems like a game that's going to be one of those slow beget slow type games where Florida's been slowing it down. Kentucky wants to slow it down. Everyone's happy to play it slow. Everyone's happy to play defense. I think Kentucky's offense has started to look pretty good here, but uh, this Florida defense is one of the ones that I think can uh, slow them down. I love the way they've been playing. I think they can keep it low scoring. Can they cover the four? Again, not sure. I'm just waiting for some line movement really before I think I play that. But here instead, I'm going to focus on the under 136 in Florida and Kentucky. And then to wrap us up, the late one should be a good one if you can stay up and hang for this one. 10.30 Eastern, Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Uh, Gonzaga is a four-and-a-half-point dog. I got the screen here wrong on this, so I'll, I'll fix that as, as we're talking. I'm going to lay the four-and-a-half with St. Mary's. Um, this, to me, is a crazy situation. Just when I first saw it, I thought – there's no way that St. Mary's is favored at home. And then when I started looking into it, I, I thought, you know, maybe they are the better team. Cause obviously we've been talking about this, right? When you look at these spreads, you, you kind of get what they're telling you. St. Mary's minus four and a half. The implication is that St. Mary's is the better team. And I was my, my brain at first, I was just like, there's no way, but you look into it. It's like, actually that might be true. Like Gonzaga has been a disappointment all season long, St. Mary's just keeps rolling. They didn't cover in that last game here that they just played, but they, for the most part, dominated the game, kept it under like I expected, uh, and, and won handily. And that's, of course, the fear with laying big numbers is you just never know when the team's going by 11 or 15. Um, doesn't come into play here laying four and a half. When you look back historically at how these games have gone, for the most part, between Gonzaga and St. Mary's, it's been a little bit more higher scoring. We've gone to a neutral court in the tournament, a little, more, a little bit more higher scoring. We've played them in Spokane. But when they've been played at St. Mary's, they've been lower scoring games. And those are the ones where St. Mary's has had their way. In the years that they've upset Gonzaga, it's been at home and they've 
mostly been able to control the game. And so that's what I see happening here. I see them controlling the game. I think this might be the best St. Mary's team that we've seen. They've had some teams, they've had some ups and downs, right? There have been some years where St. Mary's just been okay and they made the tournament as like a 10 seed. They've had some years where they've been a whole lot better. This, I think, is the best team of all of them. And you combine that with one of the weaker Gonzaga teams that we've seen in the last I don't know, 10, 15 years, it seems like they're just always around in the, in the top. And we all know this isn't one of those teams. So I think you combine that together. It's like, yeah, I expect St. Mary's to control this game at home, win it. I'm going to go under 141. The models is 141 as well. But I think under makes sense because the model's looking at this saying, you know, St. Mary's has an efficient offense. Gonzaga's defense is struggling. Gonzaga's got a great offense. They're going to play at a faster pace. But again, at St. Mary's, they don't want to get into a track meet with Gonzaga. That doesn't mean they can't win if they don't, because Gonzaga's defense is so bad. St. Mary's should be able to score almost at will. I mean, not literally, but like they should be able to score a lot. Here's the thing, though, is that's just not been their MO this season or ever when they've played Gonzaga. They want to slow it down as much as possible. So they can score a lot on Gonzaga, but I think they want to make Gonzaga feel uncomfortable and so because of that they're going to try to go in my in my thought i think they're going to try to go as slow as humanly possible slower than they've played all season to really mess with gonzaga suffocate them on defense i think they'll be able to win this game model says something like 72 to 68 i think i don't think they're going to get to 70 i think it's going to be more like a 65 to 55 type game i think they're going to try to really throttle this thing down and so if it plays out like I'm thinking, we'll have a good chance to cover the four and a half with St. Mary's and go under 141. So we've got two plays I like here in the nightcap. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Be back for Monday college basketball betting action. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.